near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. Today we're going to share a couple of experiences and questions from listeners that are really interesting, and I've actually had these uh, ready to read for some time, but being the... uh, somewhat flaky individual that I am, I'll, I'll record a podcast, upload it, and be like, oh, I forgot to read that experience again, so, or that uh, email. And, and these are great, so, so I'm excited to share them as their own podcast and, um, so that we can uh, make sure that we cover them because they are so interesting and valuable. So the first one, uh, this is a listener named Sherilyn. Sherilyn says, hi, Chaz, I hope you're doing well. I've had you and your family on my heart here lately. I've been praying for you. I bought the Kindle version of your book, and it's fantastic. Also, I wanted to let you know I have been recounting the experience I had with overdosing on vitamins when I was three years old. I remember kicking and screaming on the gurney in the hospital. I remember being surrounded by nurses, and then, this is where I was always confused about this memory, I was on the gurney, and then I was not. I was standing next to a very tall man. I say tall because I looked up and only saw his large hand next to my head. This always confused me because I could see my body on the gurney flailing under the nurse's efforts to keep me still while I was also standing probably eight or so feet away watching with the tall man. I saw my legs kicking violently. Knowing what I know now about NDEs, This makes me feel like, how could I be out of my body unless I was unconscious? I wasn't observing from within my body, but outside my body with the guardian-type person. I still can't completely reconcile the experience in my head just yet. I'm wondering if you've come across anything like that. Your thoughts are always appreciated. I hope it doesn't sound too confusing. I truly hope you guys are doing well. Thank you again. Thank you, Sherilyn. What a fabulous question, and what a beautiful experience, too. And so here's the response that I replied to, Sherilyn. Not confusing at all, Sherilyn. It's a great question. One of the things that surprised me in my early studies of near-death experiences is how often a spirit will leave the body before the body is fully unconscious. In fact, I know of an account where a woman was visiting her horse in the stable. Nothing at all amiss and suddenly found herself floating a short distance from the scene above. 
and saw her horse suddenly spook, probably a snake in the straw or something, and begin tromping her body, which was covering its head and screaming. Now, some would argue that this is impossible since, number one, her body was not even unconscious yet, and two, her spirit left her body before the incident even began. But this happens more often than you might expect. Another incident, a man is driving down the road, nothing amiss, that he could see, and suddenly he finds himself flying above the car, watching it drive below. After several seconds of this, another car that couldn't be seen from the angle of his car comes unexpectedly from a side road and into the path of his car. His car slams the brakes and swerves to miss the other car, all while his consciousness floats harmlessly above, watching the scene without fear or distress. So when you mention that you saw your body thrashing, it actually fits this category. It's uncommon, to be sure, but not unheard of. My suspicion is that there is some level of the body that can live, if only in a limited, short-term sort of way, independent of the spirit. Maybe this is what happens for people in a vegetative state or in comas that they don't come out of. Anyway, don't doubt your experience because of that detail. I just really appreciate you sharing this with me. And then I asked her if it was okay if I shared it on the podcast, and and she said that would be fine. Thank you, Sherilyn. What a a great opportunity to uh, discuss an interesting aspect of the near-death experience that, you know, like I said, is, is uncommon but not unheard of. In fact, I can think of several other experiences where somebody's body is awake and Usually they're not, you know, I I haven't heard of anybody being, you know, their body being deeply communicative and carrying on some deep philosophical discussion while their spirit is standing back watching. But I have heard of ones where their body is reacting and, you know, nods yes and no's or whatever, and, uh, and their spirit is separated from their body. And so there's some kind of you know, obviously they're still, their body's still alive, but for some reason, maybe because of the accident or, or because of the knowledge that it's about to occur, their spirit's knowledge that something is about to occur, or maybe as a, uh, as a mercy, um, from guides in order for them to not have to feel the pain of, of what they're about to experience, they're pulled out of their body and experience the whole, experience from above. Now, when I die, I would love to have that be me. (laughs) If I'm going to get, I don't know, fall off a cliff or something, I wouldn't mind, you know, just be walking along and, and right before I'm about to slip, just, you know, float off above and watch my body fall. And oh dear, that's, you know, how about that? You know, (laughs) if I'm going to die that way, I wouldn't mind it uh, leaving a little early. But the funny thing about that is from the perspective of us on this planet, if somebody dies in such a way, we would never know it from our perspective. We would simply not know that the person actually left their body before any pain took place. But that does happen. I will say in, in, uh, in regard to how much pain somebody suffers at the time of death, it's more common than not that the person leaves their body in an accident kind of a situation, say a terrible car accident, and they die 
you know, uh, 10 minutes after the accident. It's more often than not, they don't experience much pain at all. Either they're going, they go into shock and then, and then pass out at some point, or they just leave their body early. And having an accident and then leaving their body while their body is still passed out but alive, that's extremely common. In fact, most of the time that when people leave their bodies from these near-death experiences, um, their body is still at some level alive. Obviously, the kinds of experiences where heart has stopped, no breathing, and their spirit leaves their body, that is a little bit more of a veridical kind of experience. That is to say, it's, it's stronger proof of the potential for this being an actual near-death experience when they come back and tell people about it and their doctor says, yes, you were actually dead and clinically dead and all that stuff. It's great proof, but as far as what the person is experiencing, um, it's, it's actually quite nice to know that quite often, more often than not even, when a person has a terrible accident, um, they pretty soon after leave their body and watch the doctors and so forth working on them, even though they are still heartbeat and breathing and so forth for a time. You know, it could be a few minutes, it could be a day, whatever, but um, that's quite common. If you read the experience as an example um, of this, Heaven is for Real. It's about a four-year-old boy who never actually experiences clinical death, but he has this incredible near-death experience and uh and all the while his body is you know being monitored he's a he, he's not well you know the doctors are really worried about him high fever and things like that but uh and he's not even quite in a coma he's kind of he's kind of in and out of sleep so to speak and and yet he has this marvelous near-death experience which is to suggest that his spirit was not experiencing the pain or you know suffering that his body was going through. Now, I will say that uh, the real pain that people experience, the real suffering tends to take place after they come back. That's when things really hurt. But there is a great number of experiences where they come back and they heal so miraculously quickly that it's, it just blows away the doctors and their loved ones. Some you know, if you read Anita Morjani's experience, she was dying of, I think it was fourth stage cancer. I can't remember specifically which cancer, but she was, she'd been in and out of the hospital and just blah, dying and dying for a long period of time. And, and then finally bit the dust. She, she died on the hospital bed. It was well expected. People were around her and so forth. And then she came back and within just a very short time, all signs of her condition were gone. I mean, miraculous healing. And, and she's still alive today, as far as I'm aware. And, I mean, she was dying of cancer, <laughs> you guys. If there is a slower, um, more long uh, way to die, I don't know what it is. But, um, but even that can be overcome. Anyway, it carried that on much further than I meant to. But... Uh, the point is, is that um, that kind of experience is common. So if you have something like that where you 
seem like, it seems like you've experienced something, but you have a question about it because you're like, well, how could that be because of this? Contact me. I'd love to hear because chances are it, your experience is more valid than you think it is. Okay, here is another email. This one is from Adam. Adam says, I came across your podcast recently and have been doing my own reading on near-death experiences for several years now. I didn't realize Enderf had an associated podcast and I was excited to stumble across it. I love the format and think you're a wonderful host, so thank you for what you do. I'm reaching out because in one of the episodes you talked about someone's experience that involved some degree of a vibration in their body, which you mentioned others sometimes reference as electricity. I've had a similar experience that I've never known who or where to share it with, given how extraordinary it was to me at the time. My experience happened, I believe, in 2017, but I didn't record the date, so I can't be positive. It was around then. I was living in Kansas City at the time with my wife and kids. I was at a point in my life where I was investigating religion, afterlife, atheism, agnosticism, etc. I don't know that I would have categorized myself as anything specific at that time, other than a seeker or investigator, perhaps. I had been a Christian at, at a point in my life, but I didn't consider myself one at the time. In fact, it was during or around that time that I was actively trying to find reasons not to believe. I picked up a book called Angels, Miracles, and Heavenly Encounters by James Stuart Bell and was reading it sitting up in bed while my wife was getting ready for bed in the bathroom. I was about 80% of the way through the book, and while I thought a few of the stories were interesting, it wasn't a book I was necessarily captivated by. The chapter or story I was reading at that moment was particularly uninteresting, and I was having to force myself to pay attention, so my mind certainly wasn't in a place that I'd call ripe for spiritual experience, which is a big reason why the experience was so profound. I was on the final page of the chapter, ready to put it down since I felt like I was forcing myself to finish it. The details of the chapter and story are irrelevant here, so I won't give them. At the end of the chapter, I came across a line that said, Suddenly Aunt Helen grabbed both my hands. She wrapped her bony fingers tightly around mine and said in an authoritative voice, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, unquote. And then continuing his, his email. When I read that line, I have no idea why, but I was compelled to say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart out loud. This is something that is not normal for me. And I was surprised, first and foremost, that I felt such a strong urge to say it. And so I said it out loud. As soon as I said it, I felt the most vibrant pulse of electricity up and down my entire spine. It didn't hurt at all. The best I can describe is electric energy or electric pulse. It lasted just a second or two, and I felt it all once across my entire spine at once, as opposed to changing strength or moving up and down my spine. It was unlike anything I have ever felt before. It was way different than chills or tingling or any other common feeling that I might usually write it off as. At first I thought it was a weird coincidence, 
Mind you, I'm still in no way, shape, or form in a spiritual or receiving moment in my mind or in my life at the time. I wasn't looking for an experience in the slightest. I was just looking to be done with the book. So I decided to say it again and see what happens. And sure enough, as soon as I said it again, the exact same thing happened. I repeated this five times total, and I intentionally spaced out the amount of time between them anywhere from a few seconds to probably 30 seconds, just to make sure it wasn't some rhythm or pattern in my body that was disconnected from what I was saying. And I had the exact same electric feeling every single time. I couldn't deny the connection between what I was saying and what was happening in my body. I didn't know what to make of it at the time, other than knowing it was important and believing there was something tangible and really happening spiritually in me. I eventually told my wife, but it wasn't that night because I was still digesting everything. I haven't told anyone else except, for now, you. I'm mostly sharing it in hopes that it's useful in your work. It was a defining moment in my life, and one I've never been able to connect to anything else until I heard you talk about a similar thing in your podcast. If there's any resource or stories you think would be helpful for me to read, I'd love to be pointed to them. Best of luck, and thanks again for the work that you do. Adam. And now here's my response to Adam. Adam, your experience is fascinating. It's got me curious to know if other listeners have had the similar had similar experiences. I find it interesting that it's often in the study of spiritual things that spiritual things take place. I wonder why that is. Perhaps it has to do with the combination of the openness of our hearts and the particular mindset or vibration or whatever we are in that puts us in a state of mind to have spiritual experiences. And your description of the electric or energy pulse is interesting, too. I'd love to collect stories like this to learn more about what's going on, spiritually, physically, etc. So interesting. Thanks so much for reaching out to me. And that's the end of my response. And I would again say thank you, Adam, for sharing this. And I especially like what you said about how you were not in a spiritual state of mind at the time. And perhaps that has to do with why the experience hit you so profoundly is uh, because you weren't in this deep spiritual state of mind at the time. I think there's something to that, that crossover point between something spiritual and, you know, having something uh, spiritual of uh, experience of some kind. And this vibrational sensation. I don't know what that is, but there is clearly some kind of connection to spiritual experiences with it, because many near-death experiencers describe this electric kind of feeling, and I, I don't know how else to describe it. And I, I'm in kind of a funny situation with this, because I think I have felt that vibrational sensation, and it is deeply... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's, it's a very powerful feeling and experience. And because it comes up in so many near-death experiences, I'm left to wonder if it is something maybe closer to our 
natural spiritual uh, state, if you will. Maybe it's something that when we're out of the body, that is just what we generally feel. I don't know. Being in the body, we are so dampened from spiritual things that a person can easily go throughout their life without experiencing a spiritually transformative experience. I, I wouldn't dare put a percentage on it uh, to say what percentage of people go throughout life without any kind of spiritually transformative experience, but I think we can all agree that many people go throughout their lives without ever feeling very spiritual. Obviously, we all have some level of spiritual um, sensations and feelings because we've all felt love from people, we've all had family or loved ones or friends that we felt particularly close to and those warm feelings that we have between us and so forth, those are all very spiritual feelings. And, and there's, you know, I wouldn't discount that at all. In fact, that's probably a more closely spiritual and, and a deeper part of ourselves than some of these outlier kinds of experiences, such as this vibrational sensation. But I am left to think that on occasion, um, we, when, especially when we have spiritually transformative experiences, if these kinds of uh, vibrational sensations or some people the seeing of light or other people um, experiencing a profound sense of love, different things like that are maybe the spiritual realm leaking into us or out of us, or <laughs> however that works. There's something about the veil that stands between our mortal world and that spiritual side of us, that spiritual world that I think occasionally leaks. And certainly uh, spiritual discussions, spiritual experiences, learning about spiritual things, prayer, meditation, all of that can bring those kinds of things on, which is one of the reasons why I really encourage people to find a spiritual practice of some kind that has that desired effect of, of building um, spiritual kinds of experiences in their lives. There's something so deep about that. It's, it's kind of like... Uh, I guess you could compare it maybe to the first time that you really fell in love, okay? The first time that you really felt those feelings as deeply as you felt them that first time. It's so new and it's so exciting and invigorating that it overtakes you. And that is so cool. Honestly, spiritual experiences, spiritual transformative experiences, as well as just, you know, deep meditative type spiritual experiences, they have that kind of effect on a person. Some people have described having those kinds of feelings and that kind of awakening type of feeling as they study near-death experiences, for example, or when they have a religious experience, uh, either either with their church or at a youth camp, or, you know, uh, during some kind of um, meditation practice at a, a Buddhist monastery, or whatever, something where they have 
had their first spiritual awakening, if you will. It's so invigorating and it's so powerful that you will find yourself likely, not necessarily, but you're likely to find yourself seeking it more and more throughout your life. And I think that is so healthy because we came to this life to have experiences. And it's true that we are dampened or, or uh, veiled from the full spirit world and, and veiled from our true spiritual selves and in their deepest form, but they are there and they are accessible to us. And as we seek them and as we have those leaks, if you will, into spirituality or into the spirit world or whatever, um, we will find more roundness to our lives, more depth to our lives and more, more purpose and more tools for getting through life's experiences. And I think that's not just valuable, but I think it's part of why we came to this earth. And as we learn from those experiences what we're doing here and why we as individuals, why I personally, why Chaz Hathaway is on this earth, as I learn that and, and begin to exercise that opportunity and practice that opportunity, Life just becomes more fulfilling. And you know what? Be assured also that it doesn't have to be big. You don't have to experience some incredible um, you know, vision or, or visit to the spirit world in order to have a spiritually transformative experience. But if you have any kind of experience, be it you know, a, a really deep, overwhelming dream be it something like Adam described, uh, be it something like, you know, I, maybe you see the spirit of a loved one who has passed or something like that. Those kinds of experiences, they can touch lives. And if you feel so inclined to share it, I would love to hear more of your experiences that we can share on the podcast. And just let me know in your email, if you email, that you would like it to be shared or that you're okay with it being shared um, so that others can learn from your experience as well. And also, there may be things that you're like, I don't know what to make of this, but uh, this is what happened. And I would love to share those because there may be other people who have said, I had the same kind of experience and it was following this. And, and you know, we can all learn together. I feel like we're on a journey together, you and I. I feel like we're learning together. And so thank you, all of you who reach out to me, who, you know, just talk to your friends and find out what they have experienced and and just open the world a little bit more to these spiritual kinds of experiences. And I think what we'll find is that not only are they more common than we may have thought before, but they are also more comfortable to talk about than people may have assumed. So, if you would like to contact me or John, you can do so by emailing chaz at ndepodcast.org or john at ndepodcast.org. You can support the podcast financially by purchasing my book, Life in the Spirit World, or by going to patreon.com slash ndepodcast 
and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor. And once again, to all of you, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.